0: Grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Hey, hey there, Chit Chatters. I hope all of you are well and living authentically. One thing I didn't realize when I started my business was how much creativity was going to be needed to make sure that it was successful. You know, you have to create the vision and the steps to get there. And then there's also the marketing and the social media and on and on and on. And then once your business is successful and you start having people work for you, you have to start thinking about how to make your workplace inclusive and create it to be a safe work environment, which is something most of us aren't born knowing and need to actually seek out resources on how to do this. Now, my guest today has created an entire business around this, and it's called Top Dog Learning Group. And he has also written a book about how to be a great leader called Pride Leadership Strategies for the LGBTQ Leader to Be the King or Queen of Their Jungle. Now, my guest is an amazing man who does speeches and writes books. And he also wrote a workbook that accompanies this leadership book. And you can get both of these online on Amazon. So I'm excited to introduce you today to the gay leadership dude, Stephen Iacovelli. Well, hello, Chit Chatters. Welcome to another episode of Chit Chat with a Queer Therapist. I am your host, Melissa Silva, and I am so happy to have you here. It is Pride Month. It is the best month of the year. I think it's better than December, honestly, because, you know... Just wonderful things just happened this month. And I'm so glad that all of you are here with me. You could be anywhere else right now listening to anything else, but you are here with myself and my guest, Dr. Steve Iacovelli. And Steve, I'm so excited to have you here because you are just one of an amazing people I have come across. I found your book because you're an author. Then you're on LinkedIn. I mean, like, and you are blowing up all over LinkedIn. <laughs> <So> you <laughs> got some skills there. So introduce yourself to the audience and let us know how great you are, because I know you are, but <laughs> <laughs> let's see how you
1: think you're great. <laughs> oh, gosh. that's Wow. Holy introduction. Thank you. Right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm Dr. Steve Vaccavelli. I am the owner and principal of Top Dog Learning Group. We are a learning development, change management, and diversity consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers throughout North America and beyond. I'm also known as the gay leadership dude. One of the things that I've done over the past year-ish is really channel the Top Dog awesomeness in into further developing the leadership awesomeness of the LGBTQ community, and that's really where a lot of my focus and the LinkedIn coolness that you've been seeing and Facebooking and tweeting and all that fun stuff is really channeling that to kind of really spur things on. So it's perfect that we're having a chat during Pride Month.
0: I think so too, and when I first started being the queer career coach, there weren't many books out there in regards to like LGBT leadership stuff. And yours is like, I would say one of like three out there. And so what got you into being an author on that topic?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And, and I kind of went through the same process. About um, a couple years ago, a good friend of mine, I, well, I met this this woman who became a good friend of mine. We're at a conference and we're kind of sorting through our, our business cards going into the next session. Uh, it's actually the NGLCC uh, National Conference, the Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. And she's she's like, what do you do? And I kind of gave the spiel I just, just shared for your listeners. And I said, what do you do? She's like, I'm a publisher. I said, you know what? I got a book in my head that's been in there for like 25 years because I do leadership change management for usually four to five hundreds and large not-for-profits i said it needs to come out she's like let's talk and that's kind of how the book concept on leadership started and just as i was getting into uh kind of outlining the book my inner carrier bradshaw kind of popped up for those listeners who remember Sex in the City. And, <laughs> I, and I, I kind of said, I couldn't help but wonder, as Carrie used to say, but I'm looking around at all the LGBTQ or queer leaders in some of the advocacy work that I've been doing with out uh, Equal, with Equality Florida, and some of the other groups here in the Central Florida area. And I'm watching the the gay leaders, and they're doing amazing things. And I couldn't help but wonder, is there something to the shared LGBTQ experience that can set you up to be more successful in the leadership arena? And so I kind of say, for example, um, authenticity is one of the first things I talk about. Well, in the, the generic or the general leadership conversation, people are saying, oh, if you're an authentic leader, you're amazing and here's what happens and you build trust, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, get it. But then I think about my trans brothers and sisters who are being their authentic self at work or, or any of us who are out at work and leading our authentic lives, are being authentic. And if we channel that authenticity into our leadership power and awesomeness, it just amps it up to the next degree. So that's kind of why Pride Leadership came into being.
0: Which is really interesting because I think that leaders do have that toss up of like, do I come out to the people that I'm leaders of or do I just kind of hold that back and let only the people that need to know. And, you know, some people choose not to share and some people are very open about it. Mm -hmm. And so how do you know as a leader, if, you know, being authentic and coming out and being authentic and keeping it to yourself is the right way for your position.
1: Oh, that's a, it's a really also great question. And, I, and that's actually what I tackled in the book. Cause at first when I wrote the book, uh, you know, I'm writing a chapter on authenticity and that's woven throughout the entire 356 little, little tomb that I wrote. And I had a, a, a phrase in there that said something like, if you are not out at work, stop reading this book. And my publisher very hardly, awesome, and, and by the way, she's lesbian, um, but she pushed back and said, I totally understand what you're saying, but don't do that. And then as I started really thinking about it more, and then looking at the, the data from HRC about percent of people who are out at work and, the, and more of the context that's out there, I'm like, you know what, you're right, Steve, tone it down a bit. Because some people, that's not the right context. That's not the right environment that they're at. And I, now, you know, I totally get that now. But I think if you can, as an LGBTQ blue person, if you can come out and be more authentic, one, that visibility is just awesome for the collective. Two, you're going to feel better. And three, you have the opportunity to possibly change hearts and minds by people seeing your authentic self. And, and you're, you're also, number four, not hiding and channeling that, that energy on dealing with pronouns on what you did this weekend and all that stuff. You can move that energy to being more open and building relationships with those around you. And I think that's what leads to leadership success.
0: Mm. And so... What would you do as a leader in like a small business like mine to make sure that we are inclusive to the employees as well as the customers that come in?
1: It's a great opportunity yeah as also as a small business owner when i work with say my my top doggers which are my consultants the, i have all an uh, army of 1099 great folks that i work with and i'm just am mindful of you know what are the demographic makeups what is the perspectives that are coming to the table and if if even in our core group you don't have that where are my special guest stars of the rest of my network that i could say hey you know you're this demographic can you share with me your perspective here and i think it's just as a leader, having that top of mind to be mindful of looking for those divergent perspectives and make sure that you know, you're you not so homogeneous for me. It's like all cisgendered white dudes looking at the perspective, you know, we want to broaden that, that mm-hmm. as
0: best we can. And we're going to make mistakes too. I think sure. that's important. And to be able to say like, oops, I made a mistake. Yep. And I think sometimes that can be hard for leaders to be able to do Yeah. just being able to like, you know, and I've like, made mistakes, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a donation to a cause because (laughs) (laughs) I need to not be a part of the problem. I need to be a part of the the resolution. So you are, it's Pride Month. Are you doing anything special for Pride Month?
1: Well, what's ironic is as of this recording, we are still in a weird uh, situation within the world with COVID-19. So prior to COVID-19, the book came out just about a year ago. And in that time, I've been working on creating, uh, you know, the keynote speeches that go with the book, the workbook that goes with it, the eight-week training class. So I've been having all these assets and it's like finally bubbling up because the goal was, you know, Pride Month this year, I wanted to you know, really hit it hard and really talk about gay leadership and all that good stuff. Uh, so I had about seven or eight keynotes lined up. So I was traveling all over for the month of June and that's now not happening. <laughs> so, uh, But the cool thing is, yeah, my doctorate's actually in instructional technology and distance education. So the world of Zoom and self-paced learning is very, very comfortable to me. So I've been working with clients to say, hey, let's do a virtual keynote instead, which is a little bit different than a webinar. It's it's supposed to be more entertaining, more inclusive. you know. And, and so we've made that shift for a few folks, which has been fun. And the ones who, who bought my book, I said, hey, look, let me add on, here's a bunch of PDF versions of the book so that you can distribute those until you you can give the real ones out. So those are like the things I've been trying to do and that, and just really support other organizations sometimes from a pro bono perspective to be like, look, I know you're looking for programming. An hour of my time isn't a big deal. Let me kind of help out and and do a freebie kind of to, to do some business karma, if you will.
0: And so if there's people out there listening who are thinking about bringing you on what are some of the things that you touch on do you do like just our keynotes do you do trainings for people I mean at one time you were probably able to go to them
1: (laughs) that was Uh, my main job (laughs)
0: so so what are some of the things that you offer uh, businesses now because I'm guessing you go into bigger businesses small businesses
1: yeah. So one of the things, we do a whole bunch of different things. So the keynotes, I have, I have several key talks that all tie to the book. One's on uh, being a consciously inclusive leader, which is nice and generic. You know, it can hit both the queer community as well as really anybody that should be inclusive, which should be all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, I do one on the the top six competencies that everyone should know and grow, which are basically the six that I talk about in my book, which are uh, authenticity, courage, empathy, communications, building relationships, and shaping culture are the kind of six topics that we talk about. I have another one on being resilient in times of change, which kind of gets to, um, at one point I was an IBM consultant and that was what I focused on was was change management, especially how humans adapt to change. And so oddly enough, I found a lot of value in that of the last couple of months. So that's another keynote I've been doing for folks and just really trying to get them thinking a little bit different way. So I'm also former Disney, so I try to bring that edutainment uh, mentality to the mix. But then we also have several self-paced training classes that we offer on several of those same topics. And then we launched the Lions program just about a month ago. Uh, and that's a, an eight-week Online leadership experience. Lion stands for a leader's immersive opportunity to nurture strengths. Because again, former Disney, I had to be cheeky with some cool acronym. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically, taking the book and and diving super deep into it through the course of an eight week program. It's been really cool because I've been planning this, and we we did like the pilot earlier this year. Then we kind of monkeyed around with it. So the first real group has gone through in the last about four weeks, and. Oh, it just swells my heart to watch these leaders really roll up their sleeves and start playing around with these concepts. Last night, the module happened to be courage. And with all the weird things happening, and there were several people of color in the session, and you know, the one woman's like, I'm so glad we're having this conversation now because I need it. And she started, started crying. And and it was so powerful to watch. And that's as, a, as an educator for 25 plus years, that's what I love is when I see people you know, I just bring people to the content, they take it and run with it. And then when when that happens, that's just such an awesome feeling. So those are some of the main ways we're we're trying to help folks in these weird times.
0: One of the things that you're really focusing in on right now is resilience in the time of change. Can you give us any tips or any (laughs) ways we can do this? Because I know right now we are having riots all over the place and how do we deal with that? Especially if you're a healer or a helper, it's hard because we have no control over anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I'm the same way as you, Melissa. I, I want to roll my sleeves. I want to help. I want to solve. And and you can't always do that, unfortunately. So there's an activity that I've been doing for years, and it's called the um, the circle of control. Uh, and I've, I've used a couple different names for it. But the, the gist of it is you kind of take an issue or situation. You you walk through a series of analytical steps. So it's very cerebral at first. But the concept is to say, OK, like and I, I use a running example of I've lost my job, which sadly could be very true for, for some of your listeners. Right now, so you say. Okay, you lost your job. So, what are the main concerns that you have there? Okay, it's I need income, um, I need healthcare, I need you know a sense of self worth. I, I might be embarrassed because I don't want people to know that I lost my job. These are the main concerns you have. Okay, great, whatever they are. Then you start to plot them out into one of three categories: things that you can absolutely control things that you can't control, but you can influence them and things that you have no control nor influence. And so you kind of plot that out. And then there's this, this like little bullseye graph that I've created in the workbook for this particular class. And you plot the things in there and then you just kind of of take a step back and look and say, huh what's it look like? And then putting my energy, especially in the outer ring, which is the things are where you have no control or influence. Because what we humans tend to do is put all of our energy out there. And then we wonder why, oh my gosh, I'm so drained. This won't work. What's going on? Well, it's because you're channeling the energy in the wrong spot. And Mm -hmm. it's a really gorgeous activity. I personally use it all the time when I'm like, stuck in a spot, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And I get that little activity out. And that's probably one of the best things just to kind of help, kind of get yourself off the hook to be like, you know, hey, I don't have to solve. I, I can't influence. I just have to kind of pull an Elsa and let it go, which is, mm-hmm. of course, easier said than done.
0: Yeah, I think I could have used that yesterday with a client because it was really like, I don't have any money I can donate. I've been learning about this stuff for six years and now I feel hopeless and helpless and I don't know what to do. So uh, can you find that activity in your book or is that just in
1: the workbook? That's actually in the, um, the resiliency, the top three strategies for resiliency in, uh, online class I've created. And quite honestly, you, I know I'm all about giving things for free. I have leveraged that activity from a counseling psychology program that I've seen. So in the learning and development world, we, uh, or at Disney, we used to say we repurpose things as long as you just cite <laughs> the author They uh, or the original yeah. source. So but it is part of my online change management class.
0: Okay. And we can find all that on your website?
1: Yeah. You can just go to topdoglearning.biz and you'll be able to kind of pick and choose where you want to go. Um, You can even get a, um, we're off, actually because of COVID, we're trying to just get the book out for people to maybe read it. So at the very top, there's a way for you to kind of get a free copy of the book. You just have to pay for the shipping kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So um, that's the main stop, topdoglearning.biz, B-I-Z.
0: And I think it's great. I got the Kindle version at first, but I'm definitely going to get the hardcover too because there's just stuff in there that you want to be able to access really quick.
1: Yeah, Um, and 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 what's kind of fun is um, as I I shared with you when we had our our earlier chat, the audiobook is is almost out. Audible says it's you know going to retail. I don't know what that exactly means, nor does my producer, but it's almost there. And uh, that's been a really fascinating experience. And one of the things that I've come to understand about books today is there's, there's such a different way to consume them. So for some folks, it's the ebook. Others it's, I want that tangible for even other folks. It's, Hey, I want to just listen to it. And, and as we were going down the, the path of creating the audiobook, the first question, the, the producer that, that I was working with, she's like, okay, so who do you want to hire? Or do you want to do it yourself? I'm like, Ooh. I got to think about that, <laughs> so because at one point I'm like, um, yeah, I know, and I've done some audio work in the past. You know, undergrad, I did radio voice and stuff. But I'm, I'm like, well, I kind of would like a professional person to do it. But then I thought, well, I have a whole darn chapter on authenticity, so that's kind of like disingenuous if I'm gonna say, you know, here's someone telling my. Di- Bad dad jokes in the book. So I did it myself. And uh, that was a really fascinating experience. And for any of your listeners out there who want to do an audiobook, email me and let's have a chat because it's really interesting. I spent 60 plus hours in my walk in closet reading my book into a microphone. And just because you know, we couldn't get studio time, the online stuff wasn't working because of so much traffic and people working from home. So um, I thought, found it ironic that I'm, I'm reading my gay leadership book in the closet. <laughs> Jeez.
0: Now, that is a story that nobody else can probably ever say. No.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if you're spending 60 hours in the closet, I'm sure you do not want to return to that closet. No,
1: I spent 24 years in the closet. So that was just a <laughs> flashback, I guess.
0: Now, you have blown up on LinkedIn. And for some reason, I geek out about this stuff. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, maybe I Maybe I should have gotten into marketing one time in my life. So, how did you learn how to get your message out on social media so much?
1: It's a, a work in progress. And, but first, thanks for noticing. That's the coolest yes. part. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's such a work in progress. I didn't. I never really marketed until Pride Leadership came out, and that was actually at the nudging of my amazing publisher. And when we were first kind of like in the editing process but she's so good about while we're editing let's talk marketing because there's the ramp up of it and uh Jen Grace at Publisher Purpose Press totally hands down, amazing uh, group of people. Sounds and pretty
0: amazing so far. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. She's great. And her team is great too, which is just even more awesome. You know, she was saying you, you need to have a social media presence and not just like buy my book, but it's more like add value. And so I kind of really took that to heart. And, and for me, that wasn't too hard to do because I'm an educator. That's, that's my jam. I want people to be better than when I met them. So it was just a matter of being consistent. And as, as my friend in marketing said, Oh yeah, it's called the drumbeat. And you just have those times out and it's hard to do, I'll admit, yes, and, and find, <laughs> finding things of value. Now, I, I do use a tool called Hootsuite, which kind of helps you know, pull things together, at least push it out from one central source. That kind of helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing I, I learned, I read a lot of marketing books, especially around digital marketing. And it's taking various approaches and, and just experimenting and see what works, it, it, but staying authentic to your brand and your voice. And I think that's the interesting balance. And and like, I see some of my friends who really put a lot out on social media and it's like a, a one trick pony. And it's all about just their business or whatever it is. And the one thing I'm trying to do better is you know for every article on leadership I put out there, here's a picture of my awesome canine children, you know, or uh, here's me and my husband on holiday, but still tying it in somehow to to the overarching message. And that's I'm I'm still working on it, but thank you for the kudos. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't think if anybody out there who hasn't had this experience of having the market online they don't understand the difficulty of it. I mean, there are so many platforms and then, you know, having to produce something every week, maybe have different pieces every day. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about having like 80 pieces of material a day that get shot out there. And yeah. I'm like, Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah. My, cause I'm very fortunate to have a lot of friends here in central Florida who work for very large entertainment companies. And I'll just kind of leave it at that, but to pick their brain on how they're marketing their stories. And, and my one friend who does digital marketing said, you know, when any channel you're sending a message to your post is probably only to be seen by 10% of the people in your bucket. Mm-hmm. i like, that's like so little. He's like, yes. So repeating it. And, and I've been really leveraging the, you know, in case you missed it acronym at the beginning and just reposting certain things. And that's actually gotten a lot of good press, even like a, an article I did from a year ago. And it's so, like, hey, in case you missed it, here's this cool article. And some people are like, wow, that was really cool. And they didn't see it a year ago. So hey, I just got double, double exposure for the same content. That kind of helps.
0: Yeah. And you can probably even organize that in Hootsuite for like next year to have it just shoot up automatically.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So this podcast will be like used many, many times over. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Which is interesting because my first podcast, Pride Connections, has been being reused to go re-listening to it, which has yeah. been really interesting. And that was like three years ago this month.
1: And, so And what I think is really fascinating now, and I'm I'm actually about to get into this too, is you know, podcasts were like the new radio. We're now streaming video is the new TV. So you're seeing a lot more of that either in LinkedIn, YouTube. Facebook. So I, I want to start playing in that space because I think there's a lot of fun and opportunity there to kind of share your story and share your message. And you know, like I keep saying my not so hidden agenda is to start and fan the flames of an LGBTQ blue leadership movement. So as long as I'm approaching it from the heart from there, you know, it's just sharing the story in any way I can.
0: Are you going to get on TikTok?
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't dance. No, <laughs> I'll say that for the kids. <laughs> yeah.
0: I did it once, and yeah. my assistant said, You need to get better at TikTok.
1: <laughs> yeah. My niece was coaching me, and, I'm, and she's like, She calls me Peeb. She's like, Uncle Peeb, no. I'm like, All right, I'll just stick to the other medium. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Steve, for just joining us today. I'm so honored to have you here. Uh, you know, it's been months and I was like, I got to reach out to him. And I was a little nervous and shy, but it's really been awesome to be able to connect with you.
1: Well, thank you very much. And, and thank you for all the good work you do for our community you know, with your podcast and, and all your, your professional coaching. And I mean, everything is, it's, it's all of us taking and working together to make our community that much more awesome. So thank you for all the work that you do.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So we can get all your information about how to find you on the show notes, but for people who don't look at the show notes, where can they find you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The best, I mean, I'm, I'm, there's not many Steve Iacovelli's there. Although oddly enough, there is one other Dr. Steve Iacovelli who I've actually, I am oddly related to. He's much younger than me, but he's, he's, just finishing his medical degree, so yeah. There's two Dr. Steve Yackavellis. I'm the nerdy one, the PhD one. He's the doctor one, um, but he's not really on on some of the social media. So I'm on LinkedIn, um, Facebook, the Gay Leadership Dude. You can find me as well as Twitter, the Gay Leadership Dude, and then of course on at the main website, TopDogLearning.biz. Biz,
0: but not TikTok.
1: Not TikTok. <laughs> yes. And uh, what's what's the other one that that's come out that someone asked me Twitch. the other day? Twitch is the other one. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not twitching. No, I, I asked my husband,
0: I'm like, are you on Twitch? He's like, I'm not a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> right, exactly. yeah.
1: That's not where my demographic lies. So I'm
0: yeah. gonna- <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I'm sure we will get together again soon. And Absolutely. happy Pride Month to you. You
1: too. Happy Pride Month, Melissa. Thank you.